0: The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
1: What's up, everybody? Eric Franson with you on a Monday afternoon. Hope you had a great weekend I know it's been kind of weird, this uh, holiday break that you get, Christmas, New Year's Eve, kids are out of school, kids are home from college, Uh, maybe you get an extended break or the times that you go, you do have work, it's maybe not quite as as serious. Uh, But uh, certainly been a lot of fun things to fill the time in college football, college basketball, NFL, NBA. And uh, that's what we do here to try to update you on all the things that have happened since we've been here. So stay tuned for some of those things. Uh, we'll get through more. We've already discussed the NFL. We've talked about college football already. But we'll get into more of what's on the line for uh, this week for college basketball, specifically with Utah State. We'll talk about the Utah Jazz a little bit. Um, and uh, some high school basketball as well. I uh, want to let you know there were some games that have gone final in, in High school basketball already today. Ridgeline has already had two games. They're down at the uh, tournament at Juan Diego. Their early game was against Summit Academy, and they destroyed them 54-28. to 28. And then they uh, f- took care of uh, Granger earlier this afternoon, 76-62. to 62. Uh, Green Canyon hosting an early afternoon game, and uh, that game went final just a little bit ago. And Green Canyon winning that one 67-57. And then later on tonight it's Bear River taking on juan Diego that game at eight o'clock down in juan Diego so uh, if you want to listen to that game it's on 104.9 four point nine fm you can also find the streaming links on cashvalleydaily.com. on the sports uh, go to the sports menu or the, or the drop down menu click on sports and then you can see the link to the uh, local uh, prep sports and the the uh, link there from local high school basketball schedule and that's where we have the links to all the, uh, the streams. You can listen to these games wherever you are if you're outside of the range of our typical radio. Uh, big news today that happened over this weekend for uh, a big name in Utah athletics, generally in Utah sports, generally, but certainly there's a strong connection to Utah State and this area of, of uh, northern Utah, southeast Idaho. Uh, Liddell Anderson passed away on Sunday. He was 90 years old. Uh, here's a guy that was from Malad, and uh, walked on at Utah State. Uh, ended up lettering as an Aggie basketball player. Um, he did tremendous things as a player, then as a coach. Coached at uh, different levels in different places. Had a chance to uh, participate in the uh, men's national team for the Olympics. At least he tried out. Got to a- appear there. Uh, was an athletic director. Was a coach at uh, U- not only Utah State, but was also at BYU. Um, he consulted with the Utah Jazz for a while because of his connections with Phil Johnson. Uh, He coached on the professional level with the uh, Utah Stars for a couple of seasons. But Liddell Anderson did a lot of great things in his uh, career and was an icon in Utah sports. Uh, Again, he was 90 years old, uh, but uh, he he played basketball at Utah State. He was an all-Skyline conference and honorable mention all-American basketball player in 1951, uh, competed in 52 for the, the men's Olympic basketball team tryouts, which were in New York City. Uh, a few years later, he was hired on as an assistant coach for the University of Utah. And then he left the Utes in 1961 to become the head coach at Utah State. And while he was the head coach for the Aggies, Four appearances in the NCAA basketball tournament. you got to consider back then they didn't invite nearly as many teams. So to be invited to that was a significant accomplishment and got the Aggies to the Elite Eight back in 1970. Uh, he had two appearances in the NIT uh, as well. His overall record at Utah State was 176 and 96 as a head coach. Um, but uh, some notable things happened while he was here as uh, as a coach. Um he was uh, able to have some pretty significant uh, teams um he had 22 wins for a first time head coach that was the most ever until just last year when Craig Smith uh broke that uh record when he won 28 but uh, the the Dell Anderson is the third winningest coach in USU basketball history. Um he uh, also had significant players that were on his squad under his tenure five all Americans including Wayne Estes, Cornell Green, Shaler Hallman, Marvin Roberts, and Nate Williams. So he had significant players that uh, were on his roster and uh, were able to play for him. So he had great nose for the ball, great understanding of how to find great players and develop them into even greater players. But uh, he was the head coach for the Aggies for 10 seasons. Uh, he got uh, Coach of the Year honors four different times. Um, he, uh when he was with the Utah Stars, he got them to the Western Division titles uh, and won a pair of the Western Division titles. He was having success there, but then decided he didn't like it, uh, didn't want to continue on uh, with that. Um, and uh, he uh, decided to leave that. He had success with the Stars, but left and decided to come back to Utah State to be the athletic director in 1973. And uh, while he was there, uh, it was the AD at USU. Um, they, uh, they added more seats on uh, Romney Stadium. They added 10,000 seats to Romney, um, which uh, significantly expanded it. Um, he got uh, the Utah State into the Big West Conference. He established a women's athletic program, uh, helped produce national titles in volleyball and softball as the athletic director kind of oversaw the direction there that took place. Uh, and so significant impact on Utah State Athletics over his uh, lifetime as a player, as a coach, and an athletic director. He was inducted into the Utah State Hall of Fame in 1994, and so significant impact for Utah State. And like I said, he had an impact not only in Logan, but uh, he was an assistant coach at the University of Utah. He coached the Utah Stars. He did spend time at BYU. Uh, He was a coach there for about six years Had a successful run there. Uh, Three trips to the NCAA tournament, one trip to the NIT. Uh, He resigned in 1989 and was replaced by Roger Reed. Uh, But uh, after that, he was still involved with the Utah Jazz as a scout because clearly, as we've talked about, he had a nose for uh, evaluating talent. But uh, Liddell Anderson, a tremendous legacy that he left behind in the state of Utah but the most significantly, at Utah State University, uh, the, the kid from Malad, Idaho, went on to do amazing things. Uh, he passed away at the age of 90. He was living down in St. George uh, at the time. But uh, Aggie Nation uh, mourns uh, his passing but also celebrates his life for the things that he was able to do at Utah State. And uh, certainly there's a lot of people that have some fond memories uh, of Liddell Anderson, especially those that have been around for a little bit longer, those that are more uh, experienced uh, in their life. Um, There was a fun comment that uh, I got on Twitter after posting the story. Uh, This is by Craig Burnson. He says, best Liddell story. His uh, LDS Ward team had lots of success in the day. They wouldn't let him coach, but the team's coach said, we're successful as long as Liddell sits behind the team. So uh, certainly uh, a great legacy uh, at Utah State." And uh, with as a player, as a coach, and as an athletic director, so uh, we all Aggie fans, those that have been around the area in the state of Utah, and follow coach uh, of athletics for a long time. Certainly know the name and are very familiar with his success. And uh, too bad to see him uh, pass along. But uh, you can read more about some of his accomplishments and his connections and what he did to help Utah State over his different uh, touch points as a player, coach, and athletic director. You can read more about it on cashvalleydaily.com. Uh, dot com, and uh, great information that's been provided there by the uh, sports information people at Utah State. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, it's, uh, funeral services—I um, am not aware of what those are at this point, but uh, we'll try to find those out, and we'll um, certainly let you know if if uh, anybody has those connections, if those—if you'd like to find out if they're available uh, to uh, go pay your respects. To the Anderson family. Um, so, uh, anyway, those are some of the things that are going on. And uh, it, with the, the, the biggest story of the day with Liddell Anderson uh, and his passing just over the weekend, uh, Utah State uh, had a big, big game on Saturday, Saturday afternoon. Not necessarily because it was a big game in the opponent, uh, that it meant a lot, but it was big in what happened. Uh, they just passing the ball like crazy. Lots of different guys involved. And uh, Utah State setting some uh, some high marks for assists in a game and uh, what they're able to do to to share the ball and uh, keep getting lots of different guys involved. So a big game for Utah State over Eastern Oregon, a team that uh, Utah State really dismantled a year ago uh, at about the same time. And they faced them in the uh, similar point in the season. Uh, last season but Utah State was having trouble filling out their rest of their uh, schedule needed somebody to come in and uh, get that extra game in and uh, Eastern Oregon was able to come and uh, fill that that need but uh, but Utah State with that big 129 to 61 victory and some of the things that really stood out uh, the biggest I think the biggest takeaways from that it's It's hard to really gather a lot of information that's useful when you're going up against a team like that that's such a lower level. They just don't really have the size or the athletes to really give you a quality comparison for Utah State. But it was good to see uh, Brock Miller gain some confidence again in his his shot uh, and what he was trying to do and how he was mobile, uh, moving around and making things happen. A lot of different guys in, in double figures. In fact, uh, Diogo Brito, the only guy who did not score in double figures for USU, uh, his shot has been struggling a little bit, but he didn't put up a lot of shot attempts, He was, but he was doing a, a tremendous job facilitating and uh, making things happen for his teammates. 11 assists for Diogo Brito. But in addition to that, his nine rebounds and three steals uh, were really critical and just uh, getting everybody else involved. You know, 36 assists overall on 79 field goal attempts. Or excuse me, uh, yeah, 46 shots uh, that were that went in. Um, but, uh, yeah, significant game in how Utah State got back to, to strong ball movement, getting a lot of guys involved, and good to see a, a deeper bench, see more guys getting involved off the bench. And I thought primarily led by Kuba, uh, Karofsky getting him back involved, seeing him back on the court. First time we've seen him in about six weeks since uh he went out, and uh, we haven't seen him for a little while because he had that uh the injury. But um, good to see him get back out on the court, be active on the boards and offensively. Uh, eight rebounds on uh with 16 points. But in addition to that, I mean, steal, a block, uh, and four assists. So Everybody was getting involved and in sharing the ball, including the big guy. Uh, Roche got quality minutes and uh, did something with those minutes, played 14 minutes for USU, and uh, pulled down three rebounds with, with his 13 points. So uh, I, I thought it was really good, and we needed it to, to see how this would play out. Sam Merrill didn't play. Nami Esketa did not play. And they shouldn't have played. Uh, there was some speculation. Ajay and I were speculating whether or not Sam Merrill would play or not. Uh, he didn't, and he didn't need to. Uh, there's a really important stretch of games this week, and there's something to be said with keeping guys in rhythm, uh, make, keeping guys fresh, make sure that you know they're they don't they're not rusty for missing too many games. But Sam Merrill, I don't think you have to really worry about that. Nami Keta, I don't think you have to really worry about that. Uh, but uh, give those guys a little bit of rest, a little more time to heal and be strong for these really important games this week. Not that UNLV is necessarily outstanding in the Mountain West because they're not, but it's a road game, and it's always been tough for USU to get wins down there. They do have a new head coach, but they still have some pretty talented players, but everybody's eyeing the game on Saturday as the big one, which is could make Wednesday's game even more dangerous if Utah State looks past the Rebels because of what's looming on Saturday, they could get trapped and uh, UNLV could uh, end up with a win. Uh, But anyway, it was a big win for USU on Saturday because of all the different guys that did get involved. Uh, Justin Bean continues to be a double-double machine. 16 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. That's what was exciting about the game, how involved everybody was. Uh, They weren't checked out. Nobody took it lightly. They kept pressing. They kept playing their game and uh, working very effectively. 66 points in the first half, 63 in the second, and uh, good to see some some action and involvement uh, from the bench. John Beristow played a lot of minutes, 31 minutes from him. I thought that was good uh, to continue to get him in the flow of the game and what it means to be on the court in live game action with his teammates. Um, and th- those are going to be quality minutes that will mean something later on in case somebody gets hurt or somebody gets into serious foul trouble and they need somebody to come in and, and fill in. Uh, so that was, I thought, really critical. And then Alfonso Anderson continues to play really, really well uh, off the bench. Uh, he's, he's that solid, steady, reliable. Uh, he plays like a starter, but coming off the bench. Uh, they opted to have Trevon Dorius start instead of Anderson uh to uh to fill that starting role, so I thought that was uh an interesting move too to put Trevin Dorius in as the starter just to get get him acclimated in those minutes with the other starters because there may be some times if if Keda gets hurt again or if uh Cuba gets hurt or either one of those two guys are in foul trouble they're going to need Trevin Dorius to get in there for stretches so uh good to see though this is why this game was important, not because of the opponent, not because of what it means in your net rankings or your RPI, but because of what it means for developing your bench and getting guys in rhythm and giving guys confidence. Um, Because there's going to be times where an injury could happen, uh, foul trouble could happen, and it could put you in a a really touchy situation (laughs) with what uh, your team needs to do. So a good one for USU, setting a new record for them in assists, uh, they were really strong on the boards, 63 rebounds. They definitely took advantage of their height and aggressiveness on the boards, um, and now they have to turn their attention to Mountain West play. Uh, coming up on the other side here, we'll get into some of the things that Gary, or excuse me, Craig Smith had to say about now preparing and shifting his focus to the Mountain West, uh, some of his thoughts about where his team is at right now, and uh, what else is going on in the Mountain West. What are the current standings? Where do things currently sit As Mountain West Conference play gets underway this week throughout the league. Granted, we did have those two games in December, which was kind of weird, but uh, now we're really, everybody else is back into it. Where do things currently stand in the Mountain West? What are the current net rankings? What are the current top 25 polls? Utah State getting votes. They're not in the top 25 yet, but they are getting very close in one of the polls. So we'll update you on that as well. And we'll also look at the Utah Jazz with some nice wins for the Jazz over the last couple of games. And uh, Donovan Mitchell's playing outstanding basketball right now. Jordan Clarkson playing really good for the Jazz coming off the bench. Is it just a, uh, a glow of making a trade and something new? And uh, is it sustainable? Or is this just something where it's it's nice for now, but it may not pay dividends down the road? And oh, how's Dante Exum fitting in with his new surroundings? We'll look at that as well. Coming up right here on the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
0: The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
1: Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson with you on a Monday. Once again, the top story today, the big story, Liddell Anderson has passed away this weekend. Uh, He was a native of Malad, Idaho. Walked on at Utah State as a basketball player. Turned out to be a great basketball player. He earned All-Skyline Conference honors. He was an honorable mention All-American in 1951. He was able to compete uh, with uh, with the United States men's Olympic basketball team, at least in their tryouts that were held in New York City. He was an assistant coach for a couple of seasons at the University of Utah. He became the head coach at Utah State in 1961. Aggies, under his direction, went to the NCAA tournament four times. There weren't nearly as many teams that participated in the tournament at that time, so it was significant to get to that level. In addition to that, he took a team to the Elite Eight in 1970. He had some very significant players that he coached. Guys that uh, anyone who's been around Utah State for any bit of time will certainly recognize. He coached Wayne Estes. He coached Cornell Green. Shayler Hallman, Marvin Roberts, and Nate Williams—that's five All-Americans for what they were able to do. Uh, he also took the Aggies to the uh, NIT twice. Again, not as many teams were invited at the time. Uh, he was 176 and 96 while at Utah State. That's a about a, almost a 65 percent winning uh, percentage. Uh, he left USU. Um, you know, Dale Brown was on his staff. He was certainly a very notable guy, was at Utah State, and went, then went to LSU, had tremendous success there um, and where he was there for 25 seasons. But uh, he went on to coach the American Basketball Association's Utah Stars for two seasons, uh, went to two Western Division regular season titles, Had success there, but then decided it wasn't really for him, so he left that. Came back to Utah State to be the athletic director in 1973. Held that post for 10 years. Uh, While he was at USU, he helped in the expansion of Romney Stadium, adding 10,000 seats. Got Utah State into the Big West Conference. Helped establish a women's athletic program. Uh, under his tutelage, uh, the uh, uh, volleyball won a national title. Softball won a national title. Certainly had a lot of success while he was at Utah State. He was in, inducted to the USU Intercollegiate Athletics Hall of Fame back in 1994. And after being the AD at Utah State for a time, he left to be the uh, head coach at BYU in 1983, where he was their head coach for six seasons and then resigned in 1989 and was replaced by Roger Reed. Uh, and even after that, he was still involved. He was a scout for the Utah Jazz because he had the connection with Phil Johnson because uh, he was a former USU player, and they knew each other very well. And uh, according to Wikipedia, the the information there says that it's believed that he was the person who scouted John Stockton and encouraged the Jazz to draft him when they did. So perhaps one of his his best talent evaluations right there. Uh, but he was a really a, a legend in Utah sports, with much of it involved with Utah State as a player, as a coach, and an athletic director. He was an assistant coach at the University of Utah. Uh, he coached professionally with the Utah Stars, and he was the head coach of BYU for six seasons. So Liddell Anderson passed away this weekend at the age of 90. Um, Utah State basketball, doing well. Uh, they're 11 and 2 technically 13 and 2 but um you know their their two losses were against some good teams that are ahead of them in the net rankings uh St. Mary's and BYU just a little bit ahead of Utah State but uh the latest rankings net rankings were out and uh Utah State is moving up they keep uh, climbing as they continue to win um and uh they Uh, have moved up to 42 uh, in the polls, assuming 45 in the net rankings. Uh, San Diego State is still the number one team. Now They've bounced between one, two, or three, but they're currently number one in the net rankings. Uh, New Mexico, there's other teams in the Mountain West in the top 100, which is important. Being in the top 50 is even more important, but uh, New Mexico drops to 66. They dropped a few spots. Nevada, they're at 97. And then... Uh, Boise State was close, but they have fallen a few spots. They're down to 107. Colorado State is 132. UNLV, they've fallen down to 204. Fresno State at 207, so they're close to each other. There's a bit of a gap. And then Air Force is 245. San Jose State, 260. And Wyoming, a paltry 298. So the bottom part of the league not helping the Mountain West by any means. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how well New Mexico will be able to maintain some things with an indefinite suspension of two of their starters, and um, some of the drama that can surround uh, surrounding that with uh, uh, an assault charge, and still unknown why uh, Bragg is is suspended. Uh, that has not been revealed yet. So, uh, but Utah State, as I mentioned, the, their two losses on the year. We're to two really good teams. Uh, St. Mary's is 31 in the net rankings. They're ahead of USU. BYU, And that that loss was at St. Mary's. Uh, BYU was on a neutral site, but BYU is currently 36 in the net rankings. Uh, The other thing to keep in mind here is when we talk about net rankings, it's important to consider what's a quad one um, victory. That's what really stands out. What's in that first quadrant? Do uh, you have a victory over? And there's certain things that, that differ. What is considered a, a quad one win? If you win at home, then it needs to be um, the the uh, quality of team is considered a little bit differently than if you win on the road or if you win it on a neutral site. If you get a win on the road, that stands out more, and so you can have a little bit broader scope of where that team is in the net rankings at the time of the victory. If you went at home, it needs to be a more narrower view of uh, who you who you defeat. Uh, but right now, when you look at quad one wins or quad one games played, Utah State is one and two. Uh, the one win over LSU. The two losses were against St. Mary's and BYU. They're top 50 teams. Those games were on the road and at a neutral site. Utah State in Quad 2 is 1-0. Quad 3, 2-0. Uh, and then, as, as you know, they've won every other game in the other quadrants. Um, but um, Utah State is in a decent position here. Uh, the game coming up on Saturday is crucial. It's going to be really the last opportunity for Utah State to get another Quad 1 win, which is all important because what happens in March if you want to be considered an at-large team so that no matter what happens in conference, the end of the, the year for conference standings or the conference tournament, you want to have enough of those quad one wins or play in enough of those quad one types of games, certainly wins are the, well, ultimately matters, because then you have a, a better resume that the selection committee is going to consider to get you into uh, the NCAA tournament as an at-large team, or even if you win the tournament, you win the regular season, it will provide you a higher seed so that the team that you're going to face could be uh, maybe a little bit lesser team, more likely opportunity for Utah State to get the victory. So uh, all that being said, this is an important week this week for Utah State. Craig Smith, he's excited uh, to get league play going this week. For his Utah State basketball team, some of his comments after the game on Saturday against Eastern Oregon.
2: We know what to expect now at a lot of these teams. Although some of these teams are a little bit different with their coaching changes, um, and every team is always a little bit different every year with personnel, but. Uh, but it definitely has a distinct feel, and I think there's an excitement in the air. I think the fans feel that. For the most part, football is over, and I know they're playing the bowl game stuff, but the point is now it's like kind of truly basketball season in the minds of a lot of people, even though we've been going for three months already, um, and it feels like five at times. But, um, but it definitely has an excitement uh, to it. Yeah,
1: he's right. I think that's not just for basket for college basketball. I think that's the NBA as well. The sports world starts to take even greater focus on what's going on with basketball right now. Uh, the, the non-conference stuff is winding down or all but over. You're getting into conference play. It's becoming more clear who the better teams really are. Although, I don't know, in college basketball, that's still a little bit up in the air. The number one and number two teams keep losing. Uh number two team again lost this week, so it's still a little bit up in the air, but the attention is starting to be more focused on basketball now this time of year, and it also happens to be when conference play is getting started, and uh specifically for the mountain West, you could his comments there is that they're becoming more they know these teams that they're gonna face now. The preparation is still there, but they know who they're facing, they know who the players are, they know their some of their tendencies though there are some different coaches. There have been some coaching changes, and one of them notably is UNLV, the new head coach there. It's not Marvin Menzies anymore. Um, so there could be some differences in how things are ran, so that's why you still scout them and still do the prep. But uh, Smith said that this is, a, this is a big week to open up Mountain West play, to go to UNLV, a team that's not had a great year. They're, um, they're two 4 in the rankings. They're 6-8 and eight overall. So it's not necessarily a historically difficult UNLV team, but it's still on the road, and it's still a place that has been a bit of a challenge for USU to get wins. And that's it's still big. It's also a game I think you're going to start to see Namesh Kedah get back into things a little bit. Um, and likely we'll see Sam Merrill in there as well. Uh, starting to get that rhythm and uh, final tune-ups for the game that's really big which is on Saturday with San Diego State coming to town. It's going to be a late game on Saturday. It's a national TV game. And so Craig Smith's got his team really excited for this big week of to, of, of uh, basketball as they get started in the Mountain West for USU. The, the, it's going to be
2: big because it's always difficult to go into UNLV and win. It's always difficult to go anywhere on the road and win. And then obviously San Diego State is, and that UNLV has a new coach. And so, um, doing some things differently, and then of course San Diego State is ranked whatever they're ranked. I know they're ranked high, and you know, um, very high up in the net, one, two, or three, almost depending on the day, and haven't lost the game yet. And they said at the media days that they are loaded, and they are. <laughs> they're very, very good. So uh, we're gonna have a very difficult week. At the same time, you know, last year we won the league, and we started out one and two.
1: Okay. So he's trying to manage expectations maybe a little bit that even if they struggle out of the gates, they still have confidence they could still be okay, get to be where they want uh, to be. But still, it's a very big big week uh, for USU. But don't overlook UNLV and looking ahead to San Diego State. Now, the Aztecs did move up a couple of spots in both polls in the AP. They're up to 13 now. They moved up two spots and remain undefeated at 13-0. and 0. In the coaches poll, they're up to number 12. They moved up two spots in both polls. Uh, Utah State is receiving votes in both. Effectively, when you go by votes received, uh, then Utah State would be ranked 31st in the Associated Press poll. They're getting 30 votes just ahead of St. Mary's, so it's getting 28. Uh, by the way, um, BYU is receiving two votes in the poll, in the AP. In the coaches poll, Utah State is effectively 27th, there or they're tied for 26th. Actually, they're tied with Washington. Both teams receiving 38 votes, just on the outside of the top 25. Um, you, know, you see, uh, St. Mary's is getting 21 votes in that poll, and um, Florida. This is a team that Utah State has played and defeated. They're getting three votes in the coaches. Florida, by the way, getting one vote in the AP, and um, and, and so it's uh, important to see where this all lands for Utah State with a big week this week, good statement week for the Aggies if they can uh, get it done. Uh, UNLV on New Year's Day, and on Saturday it'll be San Diego State. And our sister station on KVNU, uh, they do their KVNU game day coverage, uh, game night, as uh, they'll break it down for uh, those games as they get started an hour before a full one-hour pregame, which which certainly they deserve to have a full one-hour pregame, and then as soon as it's done, they'll be back on again to take your phone calls and let you interact and to share your thoughts about the game. But uh, the game on uh, on Wednesday, it's a little bit later game. Uh, it's a 9 o'clock game in Las Vegas on New Year's Day. It'll be on CBS Sports Network. And then on Saturday against San Diego State, that's an 8 o'clock tip-off here on Logan. Again, that one will be on uh, CBS Sports Network as well. All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, some additional thoughts uh, about Utah State sports and uh, then shifting gears to the Utah Jazz. They've had a pretty big week. They've got a game tonight. We'll update you on uh, what's going on there. And how did things go with our pick six this past weekend? I'll update you on the six things we thought might happen. How did it actually take place We'll break that down next to the Full Court Press.
0: The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com.
1: There's your Mountain West update. That's right. San Diego State uh, doing very well right now in the standings. Ranked 13 in the... um, in the AP poll, 12th in the coaches. Uh, big showdown between Utah State and San Diego State coming up on Saturday. 8 o'clock tip-off in the spectrum. Game will also be shown on CBS Sports Network. But uh, KVNU game night starting at 7 o'clock. With a full whenever pregame leading up to the tip-off. And then as soon as it's over, we'll be back on the air again. Al Lewis and uh, John Russell. Uh, breaking it down, what happened. Utah State also a big game on the road, taking on UNLV on Wednesday, a late New Year's Day New Year's night game in Las Vegas. Uh, that game's at 9 o'clock, our time in Las Vegas. So another big showdown for USU, not to be overlooked for the Rebels. Also big news today, Liddell Anderson uh, passed away this weekend. He was 90 years old. He was a tremendous player at Utah State uh, for basketball, was a coach at Utah State. Uh, from 1961 to 1971, multiple trips to the NCAA tournament, multiple trips to the NIT, great track record. Coached the Utah Stars, was an athletic director for Utah State for uh, about 10 seasons, and then uh, was a head basketball coach at BYU for six seasons. But uh, tremendous career and life for the Malad native uh, who went on to do a lot of things in Utah sports, and he uh, passed away at the age of 90 on Sunday. Um, Last thing uh, about uh, Utah State. Uh, now the the uh, non conference slate is over. Now shifting into Mountain West Conference play, and um, really need things to to shake out for some of the be- these uh, uh, the top tier of the of the leagues to continue to play well Uh, because it's all important for what happens at the end of the season for those net rankings, and that's uh, all getting started this week. Uh, Utah Jazz are in action tonight as well. Utah Jazz facing the Detroit Pistons. Uh, The Pistons may not have much of a team to speak of uh, in this one. Uh, Morris is out. Jackson, Kennard, and and Thomas are all out. Uh, Blake Griffin is doubtful. Uh, Tony Snell is uh, is probable. Um, So... (laughs) Because of illness, uh, so could be a real question about who um, who might actually show and be dressed for the Detroit Pistons uh, tonight uh, when the Jazz uh, take on uh, the Pistons. That'll be starting at uh, seven o'clock here on the Fan um, pregame coverage starting at six fifty with David Locke. But uh, big games so far the last couple of days, uh, last couple of games for the Utah Jazz: a nice win against the Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell has played outstanding the last couple of games. A big win on the road in Los Angeles against the Clippers, and uh, the Jazz had the lead. Started to let it slip away a little bit, but the way they kept fighting, they had the, that uh, premier ball movement and great defense as well. And Jazz had a big win on the road in uh, in uh, Los Angeles against the Clippers, and so that was huge to see what the Jazz were able to do one twenty to one oh seven. In that one. And a big part of it, the spark for the Jazz, they've scored over 100, 120 points or more in their last two games since they made the switch And uh, with Dante Exum and Jordan Clarkson. Um, and uh, Jordan Clarkson has proved to be uh, a nice addition for the Jazz. In fact, he was involved in making things happen even late in the game. So it's not just early minutes or garbage time or just uh, giving guys a, a breather, but he was making some clutch plays in important moments in the game on the road on Saturday night.
2: Williams trying to throw it through traffic, stolen by the Jazz. Gobert has it, pushes ahead to Bogdanovich, back to Clarkson. Clarkson attacks the 10 and lays it up and in. 109-102 Utah. Timeout, Doc Rivers, Jazz
1: by (laughs) 7. Yes, thank you, David. Uh, And uh, Clarkson had 19 points for the Jazz. Uh, Four rebounds, two assists. Now, he's not really... Spreading the ball around and, and uh, helping other guys get their shots. I think he's just trying to learn the system. And coaches have told him, "Go get yours." We got other things in place. We need offense from you off the bench, and he's doing that in his debut. He scored nine points uh, and uh, in, in big moments to help you know, when they needed them. By contrast, how's Dante Exum doing? I'm happy for Dante. He's getting minutes. He's playing. He played 15 minutes in his debut when they played against Boston. He scored nine points, had two steals, uh, and an assist. Uh, And then in in Cleveland's win over Minnesota on the road, he had eight points to go along with three rebounds and a steal. So he seems to be fitting in nicely, and I think he's going to feel needed and wanted in Cleveland where he was deep on the bench in Utah, and it just wasn't working out between him and the coach. I don't think it was a matter of – Physically, was he able? I think it was he and Quint Snyder just were not seeing eye to eye. So I hope Dante Axum does well. I hope he has a nice career in the NBA because I think he's a good player. I think he has a length. He can be a good defender on the perimeter. Um, but uh, clearly, whatever it was between he and quint Snyder, it wasn't working out. They went out and made a change. And so far, it's working out nicely for the Jazz Uh, they got another game tonight against the Pistons, a game that likely should be able to win with all the guys that are out for Detroit. But uh, somebody who's playing next level right now is Donovan Mitchell, really taking things over and uh, has had some fantastic play in the fourth quarter and taking things over in the clutch. And uh, this this play here when it was a really close game really gave this Jazz team a spark as uh, the Clippers were coming back and making this a close game This play helped the Utah Jazz seize control and never really let it go.
2: Joe Ingles on the top, works to the right side of the floor, hesitates, curls back out to the left. Now he's got McGruder on him, flares to the corner to Donovan, ball fakes Kawhi Leonard, drives, goes up high, cocks the right hand and hammers. Oh, Donovan, don't do me like
0: that.
1: What was impressive is you could hear the L.A. crowd cheering for him. They knew he was having a st- fantastic game, and they were ooing and eyeing by what he was doing on the court. So Donovan Mitchell of the game on TNT and on Thursday and then a big game in Los Angeles on Saturday, uh, big moments for him, playing big games in, when they mean something and when people are watching and uh, certainly making a case to be an all-star. Uh, So great jobs uh, lately here by the Utah Jazz, what they're doing offensively and defensively. Uh, Hey, just want to pass this along. Just got this word that uh, there's a section of Valley View Highway in Logan uh, between 10th West and 19th West. Uh, There's been some vehicle crashes. It's blocking both lanes. Uh, The accident actually happened about 1,700 south. So officers, they're unsure how long the road will be closed. So uh, you're advised to use 200 south. As an alternate, so be advised if you're needing to use Valley View Highway, it's 200 North that connects uh, over into Box County. But if you're needing to access anything between 10th West and 19th West, it's closed. It's shut down right now, apparently because of uh, an accident that's blocking both lanes. So be aware of that. All right, coming up next here in the Full Court Press, how did things go in our pick six this past weekend? What worked? What didn't? Where are the current standings? What happened this past weekend? We'll update you
0: coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Utah Jazz taking on the Detroit Pistons tonight.
1: You can hear it here on The Fan starting at 6.50, Utah Jazz Radio Network. Pistons are 12-21, and 21, Jazz are 20-12. and 12. Looking to go to 21-12. and 12. Just flip it. Flip the score around. Flip the records around and you'll have it. A uh, lot of players injured or sick for the Pistons. It'll be really interesting to see even who dresses for Detroit uh, tonight. Jazz still in the number six spot in the Western Conference. Just a game behind Dallas. A game and a half behind Houston, who is in the number four uh, position. Two games behind the Clippers. Now, uh, this weekend on our pick six, what did we get right? What did we get wrong? Uh, here's the six things we thought could happen over the weekend. The Air Force rushing yards versus Washington State. We set it at two, 265 and a half. They crushed it. They went way over that. They had 371. Both Aji and I took the under. Uh, Joe Burrow total yards versus Oklahoma. He also crushed it. We set it at 215.5. and a half. He had 515 all-purpose yards. We both took the over. Uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields combined yards. Well, Joe Burrow did that himself. Like I said, he had 515. We set the line at 515 and a half for those two guys. They hit at uh, combined 579. Uh Sam Merrill minutes versus Eastern Oregon. He did not play. He was at twenty and a half. He didn't even play. Uh Jordan Clarkson points in his jazz debut set that at nine. Excuse me, set that at eight and a half and he had nine. Uh Ajay took the over on that. I went under. Uh so right now at this point, uh, by the way, uh, Ajay uh took the under on Sam Merrill minutes. He didn't think he would play and he didn't. So at this point, Ajay's got me three to two. And then the final one, Washington State rushing yards versus Air Force. uh, Set the line at 60 and a half. How many did they actually have? Only 15. Incredible. Ajay took the under. I went over. Uh, So Ajay uh, crushed it in this week's pick six. He beat me four to two on the six things we think could happen uh, this weekend. Uh, I want to remind you of the big story today, uh, news uh, coming out of St. George, that uh, former Utah State basketball player, former Utah State head coach, former Utah State athletic director Liddell Anderson has passed away. He was 90 years old. Uh, he was from Malad, uh, walked on at Utah State, and uh, eventually became an All-Skyline Conference player. He was an honorable mention All-American. While he was a head coach at USU, he was able to have five All-Americans and notably Wayne Estes among them. Uh, But he uh, got the Aggies to the NCAA tournament four times, got to the Elite Eight in 1970. Um, He made uh, two appearances in the NIT. It was a tremendous season of success uh, under his tutelage from 1961 to 1971. Went on to coach the Utah Stars for a couple of seasons uh, professionally. Had success there, but left that to come to be the athletic director at Utah State. And uh, was there starting in 1973, and he was the athletic director for about 10 seasons, 10 years at USU, and then left there to be the head coach, head basketball coach at BYU for six seasons. So undoubtedly left a big mark in Utah uh, athletics in the state of Utah. He was also an assistant coach at the University of Utah for a time, and uh, he passed away at the age of 90. He was inducted into the Utah State Intercollegiate Athletics Hall of Fame in 1994 and was a scout for the Utah Jazz. So, very long list of accomplishments for Liddell Anderson. He will be remembered as one of the greats in Utah State history. Have a great night, everybody.